What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of Can I Kick It, the number one podcast for Black history. As we approach one year of change of this nation, we sit down today and have our one-year show anniversary to talk about how much has changed, what has gone different for Black footballers in this country, and more. And for today's show, I'm joined by almost a two-time guest. Uh, he was on River City 93. He's Mr. Devontae DeBose. How are you doing, sir? What's up, my man? Well, first of all, before I even came on live, I didn't know it was the one-year anniversary. Or maybe, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. So this is a this is a privilege and an honor. <laughs> so I, I feel uh, honored, and uh, yeah, I'm good man, by the way. I'm good by the way. That's what's up, man. Yeah, it's our uh, one-year anniversary. Um, me and Shanir started a podcast on Juneteenth. That's when we dropped our first three episodes on oh, uh, Demarcus Beely, Wendy Bernard, and Lincoln Phillips. And ever since then, man, uh, we've been going on ever since. So it's a yeah. pleasure to have you on. Ah, I'm honored. <laughs> so for today's episode, man, we really just want to have a conversation about how this past year has been for black footballers in this country. And as you know, like we recently just had the um, one year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. Also, uh, here in our own city of Richmond, Virginia, about all the riots and you know the tearing down of the monuments here on monument avenue i just want to ask you before we started everything else how has this one year been for you personally Whew. man i could probably spend a while going into the depths of like how it's impacted me like at the surface level then like just beyond that uh, which is actually the root of the impact of social the social issues um and but for me you know, to be honest, it uh, in having my coach, like, you know, one thing, you know, my coach and my organization is um, what they do is say, hey, you know, they want to make sure how we're doing. And when you come to play for a team, you're there to to win. And like soccer uh, is a focus. However, when it's something that's um, extremely personal uh, for me, obviously, as a as a black man, but just at a human level for me, it's so hard to ignore. Um, so to try to just process, like seeing, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the amount of really just chaos and trauma, and then obviously seeing, you know, what comes along with that. And, uh, it's, it's tough to process, uh, because when you're, when you're also in an environment or you're historically, you're in a place where a lot of, you know, our history took place, it kind of really just, uh, adds a whole another level of um, reflection and emotion. So to try to compartmentalize that um, challenged me. And I'm, I come from a human behavior aspect as, as far as like my drive, my passions and my desire to learn. So I think for me, it was a new challenge. And to be honest, um, I didn't, I, I thought I did okay managing it, but just based off the feedback of, as you know, like I tore my ACL um, last year. Uh, during uh, the comeback. And I had to think about, you never want to say this is why, you know, a catalyst, right? The same way, we, I'm pretty sure we're going to get into it, but you think about a catalyst event, like something that happened, right? And it's easy to, to place all your emotions on what happened. But I just like, I think we're doing as a collective, you know, community is that we're having to do more work of the why. Um, so to make it personal, like my knee was in events and the why is COVID, 
social justice was like easy to put my emotions and say, oh yeah, I'm frustrated. But it put a pause on like, you know, my pace in life and allowed me to reflect on my, my purpose. You know, something of my physical nature is taken away. Um, and to really just kind of conclude, because I know we have so much to talk about um, of like, how did it impact me personally just this event? Woo! The surface for me was, okay, I could process it, but it was everything after. So it was tough to try to, like I said, to try to place it in places and protect myself. It was tough. Um, and ultimately, I straight up, I, I, I didn't fail, but I definitely grew a lot. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that much. I grew a lot and I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change it because my perspective today, based on that year, like, wow, I learned a lot. Yeah, no, it was definitely, it, it was definitely was a challenging year. So one of the points that you brought up, and I, I want to ask you about this is, you know better than anyone else being a black person in the workspace about how we've always been taught at a young age, our generation at least, of you have to separate personal and work. You know, you don't want to ever intermix the two. And I'm, I definitely know like this year for me personally, it was very hard to do that because you're working at home. You know, you don't have the no longer the 20 minute drive to work anymore where you can just like decompose and leave work at work at home at home. How was it for you as a footballer having to deal with all the personal stuff that's going on, dealing with those emotions of seeing, you know, black people being murdered on TV or, you know, people in politician political roles saying crazy stuff out of their mouth. How did you deal with it as a, as a football player? Yeah, again, it's like when you end off like the words as a football player, right? So like that asked me to speak from a perspective of, you know, of a soccer player. And if, if really, to be honest, if I'm speaking from like a soccer player perspective, that's like really a, a very small fraction of how I really understand, you know, the issue. So with that being said, it's it's like, how do I actually communicate what I really mostly feel? You know what I'm saying? So I guess you can say it puts me in a very difficult, uh, a very difficult situation um, to process and then obviously communicate. Because I was going to say, start off with, well, honesty in a time of, in an emotional state is the hardest thing to do, especially to one feel, but then communicate. So, like I said, if I'm trying to communicate everything that I do feel, but as a soccer player, um, you know, I have to. If I have to speak from that perspective, I'm not able to um, to tell you really uh, how much, you know, that that eighty, ninety percent. So, again, it's that's a tough one to ask. That's like asking, you know, uh, you know, that's ask, almost asking me to to do like the obvious, but not the obvious at the same time, if that makes sense. So it, it can be very confusing. Um, but I think the best way to acknowledge it is is really just to really just about be as honest as you can. Because um, when you can be honest as you can, uh, you know, you don't have the expectations. Um, you're speaking from your heart. And if somebody's gonna accept your honesty, uh, because for me, that's what my club did. And that's why I came here. So to really answer that you know question directly, I was okay. The same reason I was okay with coming here, and I, and I've I've learned through my career, is try to be as honest as you can, as hard as that is, and and you know 
coming from there in his position, you know, even as a white male, but also as my other, you know, peers who come from so many different backgrounds, uh, initially it's going to be hard to be honest, I feel, coming from a, a black man, but just a black soccer player or soccer player in general. But being honest was like really my power, um, even in that situation. So just being honest because it ended up being accepted and it ended up arms started to reach out and say, hey, how can we uplift, uh, you know, our platform to help you? And then it acts upon myself. How can I be more honest, you know, with myself and, and utilize, you know, these arms that's reaching out to me? So just honesty, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I'll tell a personal story about how <clears throat> when everything was starting off about right around, I think it was right around this time. I think I reached out to you yeah. first. I mean, I was like, hey, yeah. what can the Red Army do to help, you know, support the club or, you know, what was what are the things the players need from us to help you guys out? Because we're all isolated this time, you know, last year. You put it very frankly, you were just like, don't be afraid to have those conversations. You know, they're going to be tough. They're going to be hard. Don't be afraid to have them. And one of the things that I can say that I respect about most about you is that you are very honest, you know, very mm -hmm. to the point. Um, and that's one thing that we've seen a lot mm -hmm. of with black footballers, black players and not only players, but head coaches and fans a lot over this past year of being able to step into that space and not all, not only challenging others, but also being there and helping those out that want to have this conversation. Because, you know, in our, you know, some black people were very jaded. We're, you know, we hold on to hurt. But you also we have to have those where in our community that are able to open our hearts and able to accept help at the same time. If that makes sense. Oh, it makes so much sense because that's literally, it's it's hard to do, but it makes sense. You know, that. but that's how honesty works. It's a two-way street. It's not a one-way street. So, um, but when it's aligned, I mean, I think we know what happens. You know, love tends to unfold and also um understanding begins to to happen you know what i'm saying but when it but when it's not it's only coming from one end oh i mean then you're going to get uh you know you're going to get a you're going to start a fire um you know and and i think that's what we've kind of we've witnessed um in, in a sort of sense not that we're in the same place but now that we are honest about one situation it's like now it's time to be honest about more you know what I'm saying? Because until the more you can get honest, uh, that means the more we, we're, we're kind of getting closer to um, the solution. <laughs> and trust me, if I know anything about history, uh, we have a, quite a bit of years to get, you know, to the solution. So the more, the faster we can be honest and the more we can be honest together, that means that we can solve this problem quicker than we think. But again, it takes a, a individual honesty and a collective honesty and that alignment to accelerate there. Look, we got people who've done it. Um, we got people who's uh, who set the tone for me, you and I. Uh, so I think it's it's really funny because I always use this word. The answer is literally always right in front of us. But it takes understanding for us to see it. You know? Yeah, but, yeah that's very true. That's very true. Very true. Um, so I want I want to kind of put you back in the frame of mind of last year. When everything was happening last year with the rise that was happening across the nation, definitely in our own city, mm -hmm. what were your emotions like 
And how were those conversations between you and your teammates, not only the rich kickers, but I'm pretty sure you had other teammates and other former colleagues reaching out to you. How were those conversations? Were they easy? Were they hard? You know, how was your emotional state at that time? You know, to be, to be again, for me to try to be as honest as I can, uh, they were hard for me to understand, like, what I was feeling. I had to almost, I picked up, I was actually reading at the same time. I was reading Martin Luther King's Community or Chaos. So really, I put myself, and before I came to Richmond, you know where I stopped? My last stop was in Memphis, Tennessee. I went out oh. into Raina Hotel. I sent, you probably see a video on my, my Instagram. I put myself there and I became very emotional because not of where his last breaths were, but because of the journey, you know, he got to being there and the knowing that he had within himself, knowing the sacrifice. Um, I felt that. I'm feeling it now. And I think that's what I felt. And when I, so it's very hard for me to put that in words to not not my peers, but it's hard for me to, to communicate that within myself. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard for me to do that um, consistently because I have, I'm low in energy. It's hard for me to do that every day um, to be consistent. Um, so it is challenging. Um, but the best, again, the best that I can do is acknowledge um, the like people's willingness to want to learn. And I think that's where my cup, like I can keep, I can give more. And that's probably why, you know, I, I, I probably to a certain extent, you know, never got tired because people were willing to understand. And whenever people are willing to understand, I have to give more, you know, that I think that's, that's my obsession uh, in, in all areas of my life. But when we talk about something like this, Daryl, and we can get to a solution, and this is a window where we can get to a solution, then best believe I'm going to give like a lot you know, more if I can. So again, teammates, uh, just to feel their acknowledge to acknowledge their willingness is the beginning. Like you say, these conversations, and then uh, it was just a, a domino effect because everybody is, uh, you know, obviously USL VPA was established, and just to be connected to um, the rest of my league, you know, uh, of soccer players, you know, um, of people of color, uh, it, it you kind of do share a feeling. However, it's hard to embrace and, and communicate how we all feel at the same time, you know. Uh, so it's challenging, but we've made connections, you know what I'm saying? And that's just the beginning, you know. The more connections we can make, the more we can move forward. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you about USL BPA. Um, for those who don't know, the USL not only has a player association, but also has a black player association as well that was created last year. We're one year into that, and you're part of that organization. How has that organization itself grown with over the one course of year? What are some of the things you guys are looking to build upon after your one year? Yeah. Well, it's definitely uh, lost traction. I'm going to tell you why. Because we're soccer players, right? And you know the amount of energy that it takes to make sure you're there for yourself or for your teammate. And it's a long season. So there's a barrier. There's, a, there's not too many windows for you to, uh, you know, there's not too many windows for you to uh, put your attention in too many other places. So you have to be very strategic just with anything else. But the fact that the space is there 
means that over time that the space will always will continue to exist, but the space will continue to grow and evolve. So it's a lack of tra uh, of traction, you know, just simply because of our sport and what it asks us to do. But we it's it able it allows us to have a space that is made, and USL has allocated, you know, a, you know that time and space for us, which means that at least we get to make those connections. I wish there were more often, but there they are. We get to have them. Um, so again, to keep it more positive, the space is there. Obviously, there's a lot of things that we're part, you know, that USOBPA we're partnering with USL to to kind of get in the communities of our regional markets and to kind of tell stories and to kind of raise awareness and to be really, um, you know, entrepreneurial in, in terms of how can we generate for each community, you know, based off, you know, um, uh, you know, who, what brothers are in what communities and how can we help. So we're always doing that work. Um, you know, it's it's not as diligent, you know, as we want it to be. But it's there, and I think we have to acknowledge that. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of stuff in the works, and and Hugh Roberts and uh, Brandon and uh, a lot of those guys are the captains of that ship, and I think they do. They're getting more energy, so I have to also acknowledge that because they actually are because they're the captains of those ships there, and um, they're they're taking on more weight along with their their jobs and positions on the field. So, whew. Just knowing how I have to like you know maintain my energy, like I I'm got to give my flowers to those two cats and those three actually uh, a few other directors. Um, just knowing like you know because they have to um, uh, communicate and, and they and they have the desire and passion to, but I definitely have to acknowledge that as well. Yeah, we've talked to here Brandon a couple of times, man. Those guys definitely for being the torchbearers. You know, it's it's a heavy heavy is the crown they say. Heavy is the crown they say. Yeah. Um, so I want to also ask you this because who are better to ask this question to than someone that plays on the field and, you know, having supporters, how can supporters and fans best support, uh, players of color and best support, um, you know, black football, black players, because a lot of the times we think that having a banner is enough or, you know, doing t-shirts or, you know, doing smoke in different colors. But what are some effective ways that are, people are looking to to have positive change, not only within the, their soccer stadium and their communities, but also in their outside in their communities in the surrounding areas? Oh, great question. And I think um, you know when fans come to watch us, obviously they, they've come to watch uh, they come to watch a collective movement, and when we do that and orchestrate that through our coaches you know, skills. And um, then obviously it comes in this full circle, then that, that hopefully we come out with the result. So the fans are there for an experience. Um, to ask of them to to get more out of it, uh, we'll be, be trying to ask them to do something, you know, in a time of entertainment and chaos, be a lot of hard to do at that time. However, um, I think what we're doing, you know, the spaces that's connected to the player, uh, a community stakeholder, a fan, a family man, black man. The fact that we're we have this, and we can tie it to our organization and what our fans are connected to, means that, and they love us, creating a bridge. That means that it's a possibility for them to watch it. You know, when they're at home for leisure time. So what that will allow us is getting to my my point is that it allows them to reflect on themselves. 
So the best thing that, you know, I think our fans and spectators, even players, is to continue to, you know, when we have that extra time is to is to really go within ourselves first. Right. Say, hey, what is what's my purpose? What's my why? Uh, and yeah, start there. Start with yourself and guarantee um, you're going to start to look your outward look will be, you know, will be what you look in within. You know what I'm saying? So start within outward look will probably have the same, uh, you know, the same positivity. So I think to ask people to do that first is probably my first recommendation is start with start with yourself. And then I really think the rest will follow. And I think naturally, when you do that, you're going to get people to look at things like this more. Also, you're probably going to, you know, just, just get regular casual smiles down the street. And people just starting to understand the impact um, of just positive behavior. You know what I'm saying? And human, just general positive behavior. So start with yourself first. How can I be a better human? You know what I'm saying? How can I give more of my time here on Earth? to somebody else? How can I let them know that I'm happy for them? And then that would translate into, you know, giving, treating everybody equally. Like that's where we start, you know? And I think that can go into so many different um, vessels that we create, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, it's always interesting. Cause we, as supporters, we always think like, oh, this is support. Mm-hmm. But it's always, it's interesting to hear how you guys playing on the field, you know, interpret interpret that support and, you know, see it as well. So I'll, I'm going to kind of pivot the conversation a little bit, but still stay in track of everything that's happened over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. So recently you came out and you had a magnificent article on mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's really been a big talking point over the course of the year. Of course, you know, everyone's been at home working and yeah. dealing with mental health. For you, how was it going through that journey? I know there were peaks and valleys in it, but how was it going navigating that that journey of mental health? But also, what kind of things did your club do to help you? And was it easy yeah. to go to your club and be like, "Hey, I'm struggling with this"? Right. Uh, that's a great. Um, that's a great multitude of um, questions. Uh, and first, I have to acknowledge. Um, I'm happy that it's a trend right now. I'm happy that, um, you know, the circumstances of 2020 allowed people to kind of collectively see the same thing. And I didn't see, but you get a sense of there is a, uh, a different dynamic in our social, uh, social spaces. What is that? And that's why we're more open to the word in itself, mental, you know, let alone health, you know what I'm saying? So for that, I'm thankful. Um, there's a lot of suffering that came along, you know, with that time, COVID obviously for people who lost their lives, but I think through suffering, obviously there's, there's a greater light on the end of the tunnel. If we can understand that the same way, that's how we understand mental health. I try to, it's cause it's a very complex thing to understand. And in my case, like I said, how do you get help is okay. I need to help myself, um, first. And that became my survival, um, literally became my survival. Because if I didn't, then I would have been in a pattern, right? I would have been in a pattern and I probably wouldn't be playing soccer, let alone um, doing a lot of other things. So because of my nature, my, my, my competitive nature and my desire to learn, I said, I have to figure this out. And I starts with me. And because um, it was 
I guess it's, it was harder for me to ask for help for a couple of different reasons, obviously. It's hard to ask for help in general. So I didn't want to, and that was hard in itself. So that's why I, I really had to dig down deep and start with me because it wasn't as accessible, right? Uh, especially from society's eyes, um, society's um, perspective. But the fact that it's more accessible, I am naturally more comfortable. But because for the last 10 years that I've had to, you know, chip away through education, through self-reflection, um, you know, and all sorts of those things to better understand myself. Um, and next thing you know, I started to develop, you know, mental skills, uh, you know, mechanisms, coping mechanisms. Um, but then I realized they were like, wow, I'm actually more aware. Um, so I'm also more aware to the things that's happening around me. And then when you now to go to the other part of your question about how did the organization help me is look what we have access to now. People want to talk about it. And our local news station wants to talk about it. Uh, our staff, they want to create a, a space so that the community can help us. Look, it's all there. So all I have to do was be myself. All I have to do was, was kind of say, hey, well, this is something that's real. But I know why it's real, because it happened to me. And I'm a player, um, I'm a human being, and it happened to me. And I was known to be somebody, uh, this thriving young man. And however, when I did all through that self-reflection, I realized that um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Uh, did my environment, now speaking of mental health, is very environmental environmental right meaning that things around me communicate to me when i'm not aware of that i internalize it based on my conditions right so i think when my organization asks for help what can we do we're doing it and now i have to go when there's a slow traction of what more can we do i say all right Devante, uh, what can i control Oh, that's myself. That's one reminding with every conversation I can be with my teammates always adding to their health. And then my coach asking, how are we doing being honest? And then when there's an opportunity, uh, because I now I love the work and I try to make sense of it in the different you know areas of our uh, organization, I give I'm honest with them. Nathan is on our field, Jessica's on our field. You know, you're you're active on Facebook. I try to first smile. And then um, I say, how can I help? Uh, because all I can do is, is be present and all I can do is share my story. All I can do is be myself and I'm helping. All right? We're all helping each other and that's what happens. So I think, I um, hope I answered your question there, but uh, you know, that's what, that's kind of how the process, you know, had been, so. No, you did. It, it is one thing that I know about you is that you stay with a smile no matter what. Um, <laughs> it's always funny to me that me and Joe, even when you got, Injured last year, me and was like, I think he has a smile on his face. I'm not sure, but I think he does. I'm not sure, but I feel like there's a smile on his face. Uh, um, hey, you know, you got to, you know, a lot of times <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, you know, right away, it's like either I'm going to continue to be more upset at it or I'm going to try to make myself at first because I ain't going to lie, you, we're human, right? It's hard, especially like this. I'm like, oh my goodness. So the best thing <laughs> I can do was, is force that happiness out of me <clears> because. That emotional mind doesn't want to come out because he knows, oh, that's it. Your emotional mind is going to be like, that's it, dude. We're done. I can't believe you did this. So the best thing I can do is you better smile first. You got to get it out of you somehow. Put on a smile. 
You know what yeah, I'm saying? Definitely. So you got to have that. Again, it's a mechanism first. But then obviously after that, I have to go do my work. Right. Yeah. So I, I want to ask this question. I think it's an important question to ask because last year the kickers dealt with injury. Um, mm -hmm. And that's my one kickers plug for today. I got to have my one. How was it mental health wise and with the injuries between you, Zev, uh, mm -hmm. Ian, Mumbai, how was it in that mental health space of, you know, all you guys got hurt last year and now collectively trying to come back? But the very first game of this year, one of you that was healthy got hurt again, unfortunately. How was it trying to keep everyone in that positive space? Because it's very easy. And I've seen, I mean, you know, we've seen it before with other sports about how we expect athletes to be these perfect people, these perfect individuals is how, you know, you're not supposed to get hurt or you can just deal with it or you can overcome it. How, you know, how was it trying to stay positive and a positive mindset for you guys? Yeah. Well, just speaking for myself and then like knowing the nature of the injury in itself and knowing obviously we play a sport where uh, there's, you know, a lot of, you know, barbaric kind of nature is nature out there. So it's, it's naturally physical and something is naturally physical that you're bound to um, clash. And, you know, just like anything in life, nothing is guaranteed. But when you bring an experience, you know, to your fans, and to yourself, you don't expect the worst. You expect the outcome, which is a win. And when some, when reality sets in, when the human element, the human element sets in, right? Something is taken away. Right? COVID took away a lot from everybody. Um, and when the physical action is taken away from an athlete, it amplifies the suffering. So for us as athletes, everybody, most majority of athletes, I don't have the data to prove it, but just from my experience and you can ask any other athletes, there's not one athlete who hasn't been injured. So there's not one athlete who's dealt with suffering. And I think that's why the numbers from a collegiate level, which probably is reflective on the youth level, but to, uh, you know, to professional, 35% I mean, of athletes are even just asking for help, but only 10% receive it. So that only means what about the rest? You know what I'm saying? So really that, that you can, only imagine the data that's not there. So that means that one, um, because it's so normal, right? Physical um, combat, you know, combative, uh, you know, spaces are so normal that you don't, you don't, you forget about what happens if something is taken away. But when a few players kind of go through, which was obviously very, um, you know, just the timing, you know, of the the closeness, you know, um, of all of our, you know you know, extreme injuries, it adds an element of, you know, okay, it's not just me going through it. So if I have to be there for myself like this, I know that they, um, and I'm lucky because before my injury, like my catastrophic injury was my mental health. So I have experience in the terms of knowing what it feels like um, when something is just uh, ripped away from me because my mind is ripped away from me. And then I had to rebuild that back. Uh, and it's not easy, but now I realize nothing in life is easy. So try. So I think that's what I have to offer to my brother because that's what they have to offer to me. That's what a team, that's why I love a team, whether soccer or not, you know, whether it's your workplace, like that's ultimately what it has to offer as a team. And I think naturally, um, they're like, we, uh, we have to come together as a team. And even that can be just normal over time, over oh, a team, 
but then when we're all when we suffer through an injury it like forces us to to be there more than just you know uh you know from a five to ten yard pass we have to be there each other emotionally and i think um you can have that without the injuries and um, i think that's you know you know that's you know we can like talk about that later like that's what mental health has to offer it has to offer community it has to offer connection on a on just not just the physical level but the emotional level and embracing people you know and that's that's ultimately you know uh that's humanness that's humanity that's love so yeah wow that's that's an amazing answer yo. because in in that answer alone you you realize like out of something that could be so crippling to you mentally mm. you're able to find the positives in it and able to still help those around you because it's very easy for you to go into your own shell to be like yes i just want to deal with it i just want to get over it yes. and i think another important thing you brought up is it, there is no right way of how to deal with it because like you said we are all different we come from different communities we're different people we have different backgrounds even though me or you have the same skin complexion we are inherently different people and we're going to yeah. deal with stuff in different ways so you just have to know as a colleague or as a friend or as a brother or as a sister, mom, dad, how to deal with those close to you. How do you deal with those moments where people have their low moments in different ways? Mm. Woo. I, I love I love that you brought that up because now we can talk about like like well it's mental health, it's insane. Like no, you're right. It's different. And there's you know what close to eight billion people that live on this earth now. So literally there's close to 8 billion ways that we all see something. There's value in that, right? Uh, if we can understand that, then uh, we can understand that everybody offers a different value. And if we understand that, we understand that everybody deserves to be communicated, not just the same, the same equally, but that means that we all have to figure out how we're being communicated to, let alone how we are communicating. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, almost forget the basis of the question, but uh, different, right? How do you address the different? Um, how do we address differentness? And really, like I said, we have to kind of do the work, right? The same way I have to do my work, I have to have a conversation with, with you. I have to say, where are you from? Uh, if I have my coaches here, I'd say, where are they from? If I have all my teammates here, you know how we get better? And uh, even just knowing this from all my team, but I remember being in Phoenix and, and playing with the late you know, DDA. And I think when you have people of that magnitude, they make you, they pay attention more, just like you know any anybody of that uh, status. But when you're actually in it and with it in, a, in proximity um, of somebody, you tend to you tend to listen more and what you think is going to happen isn't what happens and how we became closer is we we got together we shared food we actually uh put soccer off to the side when we had we gave soccer to our life but after that because you think naturally you're going to work harder we're going to do this we're going to dream soccer we're going to eat soccer and yeah, it's important to keep soccer in your imagination all the time. But then as you grow in life, you know, your, your identity isn't just wrapped up in a kick and a ball. So, but you don't really understand that, like I said, for a lot of different reasons. But back to the sole purpose of why it's important 
to not forget about something, but to create spaces for other things. And really those other things needs to embody sharing, right? Embodies getting to know somebody over a cup of coffee or like we did in Phoenix after probably every playoff game, I'm telling you, and even uh, even in, since we got there, we're, we were doing things together. We got to know each other and it, and it relieved pressure, right? Uh, and pressure, we can probably talk about that next. Pressure is, um, is something that we all do with. And if you look at uh, mental health, um, it, uh, pressure is actually, um, it's, it's tight around, you know, the mental space. And when that pressure is relieved, just like your lungs, you can, you can relax. That probably feels good. So when there's less pressure, there's, you feel less constricted. And when you're less constricted, you feel free. And when you feel free, you have time to, you have time to think. So it, the same thing holds true to everything else. We have to create spaces where we can um, get to know um, other people and not just ourselves. Because we do that just like data. We need to compile the most data possible, not just here, not just here, not just in this region. Because um, just because we know through history, poverty exists here. No, suffering exists everywhere. But we just need to get to know everybody so we can get a good average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It, and... I think what it really comes down to, and literally to you, just clicked in my head about like it's just it's balance. balance. You know, you need yeah. stuff to balance out. Like, I am a teacher, which in itself is a heavy job, so I have the balance of being a podcaster. You know, being able yeah. to create these stories with people yeah. like yourself, and those moments where, because my it's funny now being married, my wife will tell me she see that looks stressed out. She was like, "Go listen to a podcast," and she just knows like. That's like my balance. Like I'm able yeah. to kind of escape reality, not escape reality for a second, but kind of just put myself in a soothing mindset of like, all right, yeah. once it's done, I can get back to what I'm doing. I, uh, you know, and, and I have to cut you off. And I love that because I think a lot of times we undermine or we don't see our value in the things that we do like to do. And you know what I notice about you? I'm, you know, relatively, I haven't, you know, I really don't, I've only gotten to know you for this is my second year getting to know you. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, wow, that's like this man, one, is consistent at podcast, and clearly he loves to do it because he enjoys um, sharing these moments. And it's not the, it's, it's the fact that you continue to do it, but then when you describe it like that, you know, and you have your, your wife respecting it, it's because she sees it too, you know? And I think when something... Um, when, express, when we express ourselves and it's that clear and your passion desire and there's somebody watching you, just like the way I think about you, I'm like, that's, 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 that's his thing. And I think that's what we all need to, one, we need to find, we need to be, have access and say, it's okay to express it because um, when you do that, it like, it is respected because you actually understand. And I would say, that guy's crazy. But then I get you, I bet you'll never forget that person who loved it the much. And yet you'll never forget it. And then you'll probably go to sleep and be like, you know what? I wish I had a little bit of that. Well, we do have a little bit of that. We just gotta, we gotta find it, you know? So I was just kind of using your example because like, I think a lot of the time, especially I know as a kid, I thought my purpose was just to be the biggest, the, the best for the world. But really it's like, how can I, how can I be um, the best for it? You know what I'm saying? And in that, and there's a space for everybody here. You know what I'm saying? There is a space, you know, and a lot of us are walking in that space, but are we, but are we truly uh, living in the space? 
you know? And it could just be, whether it's a podcast, whether it could be you starting a surfboard club, it's like, yo, this dude really loves surfboards. Like, well, shoot, that's his thing. And now he's creating a community. So again, you know, I can go down this rabbit hole with you there, but again, I'm just really just repeating like why it's so important to have balance, right? And to, um, and to allow, like to have spaces where we can access like expression, but really just to, uh, why it's important for two people to be compatible, you know, because I'm pretty sure your wife has things that you notice that she loves to do. And the mutual respect is when you're going to let it happen. Because when you let her be her, he lets you be you. And that's like what's dope. And then together, it's like a mutual understanding. And it's like that communication is love. You yeah, know? most definitely. Most that's definitely. dope. So, I, yeah. hey, you helped me. That was all you right there, man. So, <laughs> I, had to, I had to let you know, bro. Like, you were like, the, and I'm like, you were like, I'm, I'm thinking you're a legend already. Just let you know. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> You see, you sound like my friends, like all my other friends. They're like, oh, you media now? You media? Because I got media through this with the kickers. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm the same Elliot. I be chilling. I be chilling. Right. This is you. Like, <laughs> you literally be chilling. I can tell. Like, this is literally you chilling. Right? But for somebody else, this is, they can't wait to go and watch this. And then it grows because you, you be like, no, this, whether this one person watches or not, it's me and you right now. Yeah. That's, that's what you like to do. And that's what's the dopest part about it. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Um, I just got one more question to ask you, man. And uh, by the way, this has been like a great conversation. Like for you to come yeah, on this podcast, I'm really has been this, amazing. Man. <laughs> um, in this past year, we've seen a lot of not only Black supporters group grow in Madison, in Chicago, in Atlanta, here in Richmond, you know, out in uh, New Mexico. We've also seen Black supporters use their voice more mm. um, because before it was a space where. You didn't. We didn't know how to navigate. We didn't know if it was for us or not yet. But we have also seen the evolution and the growth of black media when it comes to podcasts like Two Cent Sports or For the Culture or Shea Butter FC. Mm-hmm. For somebody that plays the game, what does it mean to you to see now you see representation in all facets of the game when it comes to supporters, culture, media, um, front office, front office staff? You said Shea Butter FC. Yes, yeah, I got to. I got to follow them. The Shea Butter sponsor. I hope they got some sponsors because that's dope. I, I need look, that. man. I need a. I need a, I need a, Shea, I need a Shea Butter. I need a Shea Butter FC jersey too. That's that's <laughs> that's. After this, I'll send you the link to their podcast. Yeah, they are amazing. The link, but, but um, but I don't know. I heard this from was it Jay Z? Doesn't matter, but. The truth is, and honesty is, uh, black culture. Um, obviously, you can, it's a certain breath. Uh, I don't want to use the word ex- exploitation, but it's everybody has, I guess, an ability, and everybody I feel like arrives here with um, an ability. You know, we can call those gifts, and that is true within your starts with yourself because you are your own community. And then it just expands, right? Just all the way to what our nation is, what American actually means to us and to other countries. But where I'm going with this is black culture is probably um it's it's our export, right? That's our that's our I would say our asset, right? One can say that it's our asset. That is not our right. however, what can get confusing is it got worked into our identity. 
right? So that can be very conflicting when, when it's got warped into an identity. However, it may be our best asset in terms of expression. Those are very two things to try to understand. So I think when you have so many different cultural uh, entities come about, ultimately you're gonna see us be at our best, which is expressing ourselves, whether that be Shea Butter FC, whether that be um, whatever black ventures there is, we're gonna be, we do gonna do a damn good job of being expressive and how to sell it and how to give it to ourselves. That's where Tulsa, Oklahoma City, that's why it was all the attention. That's why we created Black Wall Street. We've, we've accelerated in those assets because black culture and um, expression is our mainstream. But what was with an identity, right? It became our identity. Therefore, it gave us limitations. And when you are limited, that means that we might be not be associated with the engineer, or we might not be associated with uh, anything of an intellectual, only just something of, we, we come from a, we're genius because we're the best entertainers or the best athletes. So I think when we have entities that are diverse, right? It's one thing to be expressive, but it's important for all these entities uh, to come from an educational in a, in a representative way and connecting to every um, industry around it, right? Because you can stand on your own if you're a black entity, but how, how are we able to reach out um, to other establishments for educational purposes, for vocational and learning experiences so that we can create, we can utilize um, you know, our gifts, but also because it's important Right. I also think culture is the, which I love. I also think culture is is the is the is is pivotal to a cell, right? Anything that is texturized, anything that feels good, is going to be is going to be anything that's engaging is going to be received, and you're going to make money off of it, right? However, when you're able to add a, a different aspect to it, you know. Like Nip said, like we have to do a better job, you know, as a hip hop artist to give, you know, these songs more meaning, more impact, right? And that's like whether you're trying to become from a more political way, that it has to give breath, right, to something more than just what we can what we're probably identif identifying with. We can't combat it, right? We can, but if we combat it, right, from an aggressive way, then whoever is on the other end of that. It's probably going to be closed off to receiving it. So again, just to conclude, there are like all these spaces are fantastic, right? We need more because remember we need expression to understand and feel in our and to and to express our gifts because we do have things to offer to everything else that is our asset, but it is not our identity. So that's why it's imperative that we branch out and add those other pieces so that we can be seen culturally, right? Because culture is is really a conditioning right so if we can condition other aspects um that's viewed as intellectual or that's used as somebody who can do more than just entertain i think just naturally we're not going to associate uh people who look like you and i to um an athlete to somebody who could dance somebody who could jump right somebody who uh is scary right We'll associate it over time, because that's all we got here, right? That's what we can guarantee is time. And what we will happen is there by nature, right? We'll be, you're gonna see the culture shift, 
You're going to see people not tense like this when they see me and you to go like this. But over time, it's going to get all the way down to here. I don't know when, but it's coming. So that's why it's important for all these entities to do more than they can. Wow. Man, that, that is a real powerful point, man. And I think that's a great way to have a, not put a in this conversation, but to keep the conversation going in different communities and things like that. Mm, yeah. Um, once again, man, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day for coming on our show. Before we wrap up, uh, was there anything that, you know, you're working on personally? Um, where can everyone reach, reach out to you at? Yes, I am. I'm actually hoping by the end of the year I end up launching the space. It's really actually about uh, it, it can be, I feel like at first it's an educational forum actually um, called Different Tones and I'll get more on that later. But for now, you can always reach me at you know, Instagram. Um, I'm not very active in like my approach um, as how we're conver having conversation and how I'm delivering my understanding. I, I do that on my page, but I'm not consistent with it like, like you, my friend. But, but Different Tones is a space that I put a lot of thought to and a lot of structure to. So that remember we talk about this, I love that you talk about these other entities and you know I will become one of those spaces. But um, like I said, it's even harder to make sure that it expands than just the black space, right? Uh, so with that being said, I have a lot to come. In the meantime, you know, just stay tuned, not just to me, to stay tuned to you because you're consistent right now. And the more that I'm around consistency, people again associate me with you. <laughs> so <laughs> there's not too much they can do. But uh, you know, follow me, and um, you know, if you see me on the field in the community, uh, say what's up. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. Well, as always, listeners, um, we thank you for taking the time on your day to listen to our podcast. You can listen to us on all podcast forms. You can reach out to us at River City ninety three. So, with that being said, you guys have a great day. We'll holler at you guys later. <laughs>